And now here they come into the finishing shoot. Who's got the sprint? That's what we're seeing right now. Kendall Gretsch trying to make here one last desperate surge. <laughs> Lauren Parker in the lead for now. Here comes the Let's American Kendall the Gretsch. Parker holding. Gretsch to the outside. Does she have enough real estate? There's that cross-country sprint oxygen. Look here comes Kendall race. Gretsch. And at the end, Gretsch gets it done for gold. Welcome to Flame Bears, the women athletes blazing the trail to Beijing. I'm your host, Jamie. In this episode, we speak with three-time Paralympic gold medalist, Kendall Gretsch, about what it's like to be both a winter and summer Paralympian, literally competing in both games within six months of each other. We also discuss her hopes for growing awareness and support for the Paralympic movement. My name is Kendall Gretsch. I am a paratriathlete and a paranordic skier. Kendall represents Team USA in two different sports, which if you stop and think about the implications of the skill and athleticism required to compete at the Paralympic level, is just insane. Kendall started in paratriathlon in Chicago, where she grew up, and sort of fell into it unexpectedly. I didn't really find out about parasport until I was in college. Um, so that's when I kind of started thinking about sport more seriously. I think it was like summer of 2012. I went to a swim practice and it was like an adaptive swim practice. And afterwards they had track and field practice and the person that was running it all had just started a paratriathlon club. And so she invited me then to all of their practices and a camp and signed me up for a race and all of this stuff. It was kind of just like one afternoon that I went and got signed up for everything. And it kind of completely changed the trajectory of what I was doing and focusing on. And yeah, kind of got hooked on triathlon from there. If you feel comfortable, can you tell us about your impairment? Yeah, so I was born with spina bifida, so I've had my impairment my whole life. I guess it's kind of progressed. I, I had a little bit more function when I was younger, so just used like leg braces growing up, which um, allowed me to be fairly active, I would say, in a traditional sense, and that I you know, played softball and basketball, and then eventually had a surgery right before high school. And then that's when I started using crutches as well. So lost a fair amount of my leg function then. And um, yeah, but at, at that point I was still able to, to swim. And so I swam all through high school as well. In 2014, Kendall started competing internationally. Just two years before paratriathlon was even introduced to the Paralympics. But her classification, the wheelchair class, was not included in Rio. When this was announced, the director of the Nordic program reached out to her. At the time, I had just moved to Wisconsin, and there was an adaptive Nordic program there that someone had mentioned to me before I moved. And then when the classifications for triathlon were announced for Rio, the director for the Nordic program reached out and asked if I would be interested in coming to a camp and trying out skiing because he knew that I didn't have 
an opportunity to go to the games anymore for triathlon. So from there, got into to skiing. She went on to compete in Nordic skiing in the 2018 Pyeongchang Games. This is going to be the time to beat for sure. Kendall Gretsch, a huge welcome from the crowd here. They know that this is the potential winner. Gretsch across the line in 38 minutes and 15.9 seconds. Is that going to be good enough? It just might be. I had heard her say before that she was naive going into those games. Kendall, what did you mean by that? I was still so new to the sport of Nordic. I've really only done like one season of races. And, you know, I've been skiing for a little bit, but, but not really like seriously. So I just didn't know that much about the sport. And then it was my first games experience as well. Yeah, I guess naive or just kind of like no expectations of, of what, what would happen in, in Korea. But this didn't hold her back at all. In fact, she went on to earn her first gold in Pyeongchang. Gold medalist and Paralympic champion, Kendall Grashi. Then she turned her sights back to triathlon training. She was planning to compete as a paratriathlete in Tokyo 2020, but as we all know, that was derailed by the COVID postponement for a full year. Kendall was living at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center in Colorado at the time, and she describes how this impacted her, specifically given that she was shooting for both Tokyo and Beijing. I live at the Paralympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And that had completely shut down. Like nothing was open, no gyms, no pools. It made sense that they postponed it. But yeah, obviously a little bit of panic too, because then we knew that it was going to be this really tight timeline between Tokyo and Beijing. Despite the timing challenges, she and her coaches figured out a plan. She went on to compete in the Tokyo Games in 2021 and she absolutely killed it. At that point, I had been, I've been doing paratriathlon for nine years, and it just felt like everything that I learned in those nine years kind of culminated into this one moment and this one race. I'm not a very good sprinter, but it, the race ended in a sprint finish. Who's got the sprint? That's what we're seeing right now. Here comes Kendall Gretsch, and at the end, Gretsch gets it done for gold! What did it feel like when you crossed the finish line? She was literally, like, right behind you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, what was going through your mind? What were you feeling? Initially, I had a moment of panic because right past the finish line, there was, like, a... There wasn't a lot of like run out room. There's this big like media area where all like camera people were standing. And it was, I mean, maybe 10 feet past the finish line. And in a racing chair, you have a front brake on your front wheel, but it really doesn't work that well. And so we're like barreling towards this finish line. And I was so freaked out about crashing into these camera people right past the finish line. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
that I like hit my brake a little bit early. And so when I first crossed, I panicked because I was like, oh no, I hit my brake too early. I knew I had passed her, but I thought maybe she passed me back. So, so yeah, first I panicked that I like messed up the end of the race. Um, but then I was able to look up on the board and see that it was like one second. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is insane. Like it, it happened. <laughs> It's incredibly rare for someone to medal in both summer and winter games. It certainly requires what appears to be superhuman endurance and athletic skill. Yet, Kendall attests that she's lived a very normal life. And not only a normal life, but one in which she feels the freedom to enjoy herself and her sport and not just view it as a job. This is the thing that I'm dedicating my time to and, you know, making sacrifices for, you know, joy has to be like a big part of it. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I got this, it's like a little cosmetic bag that I actually put all my like charging cables in when I travel. But on it, it says, be kind, choose joy, laugh a lot, eat cake. And it's kind <laughs> of like, yeah, it's like this little reminder for me of like, these four really positive things that I feel like you can just like good reminder for any day of like, be a good person, laugh, and probably have some cake. This positive attitude is something others see in Kendall as well. Kendall's the best. She's so mellow. She's so much more mellow than like, I think most like professional athletes. This is Emily Allison, Kendall's winter housemate for the past several years in Bozeman, Montana, where the U.S. Nordic team lives and trains. She sees a side to Kendall that fans don't get to see on TV, including the side of her that loves their cat, Purper, and loves to eat ice cream. Full transparency, M is one of my best friends from Middlebury College, so I was really pumped to chat with her about Kendall. She and Perper have a really wonderful relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little annoying because Perper likes her way more than she likes me. And so, yeah, she has ice cream every night. Like, it's not a huge bully. She's really, again, like, just very reasonable, but she buys her pint or two every week and then just like a little bit every night. <laughs> I don't know about you, but learning that such a high performing athlete like Kendall has some ice cream every night already made her more relatable. I mean, I'm like a big dessert fan in general. Don't discriminate against any sugar, but yeah, ice cream is by far my favorite dessert. So yeah, I um, can tell you, I probably have ice cream every single night. Or almost every single night. So, I love that. What's your favorite? Oh, gosh. I mean, I feel like it really depends. Uh, I'm a big fan of caramel, so anything caramel flavored. Kendall obviously takes training super seriously, but not so seriously that she can't enjoy desserts. I mean, these athletes are human too. And Emily attests that Kendall is just not the type to get wound up over things. 
she's diligent. She's really smart and like dedicated. It's not like she doesn't care a lot about her results and doing all the training. Like she's all about that, but she's just like not wound up. She doesn't ever seem stressed before a race. She just has like a very even, like mellow demeanor. One thing that's so funny about Kendall, so I'm like pretty short, I'm 5'4", and she's shorter than me um, by like, she's not that tall. She, I would guess she's like five foot or five one, but she has a six foot wingspan. So she's like super strong and has these like long, powerful arms. If I can't reach something in the kitchen, she'll like come up and like reach it for me. Or like, I can't open the pickle jar, but she's like way stronger than me. <laughs> so it's like, it's just so, it's funny to me. She's like always around, just like doing the things I can't do when she lives here, which is very wonderful for me. Um, you know Kendall super well. Why is she such a good role model? She literally has accomplished everything she's ever like wanted to, but she, it's not dramatic. She's really humble and doesn't like take herself or life too seriously. Like she mm -hmm. cares, like she cares and will be disappointed if she doesn't, you know, do what she's set out to do, but she also like makes this like goes home and visits her family and she like sees friends and she eats ice cream every night she is like living really fully and alongside her dreams to to achieve xyz so it's like she's putting forth like all the effort and dedication but like there are things she's like not sacrificing you know like mm -hmm. she's got that balance and i think it's all wrapped up in like perspective balance humility just like i think that's what i appreciate so much about her one thing that many don't see is the hard work that goes on for paralympians and olympians behind the scenes it's obvious when they compete that they're working hard, they're training hard. But even beyond that, there's a level of hard work that often goes unnoticed just for people to be able to make ends meet. We spoke with Sophia Herzog in season one about this, but Kendall brought it up too. For a few years, she was training full-time in addition to having a full-time role with a software company. I worked for like four and a half years full time after college and probably about, yeah, well, I guess all of those really, I was competing internationally and yeah, I was, I was working in a software company doing like tech support for them and it, it was, it's crazy. I knew I was going to burn out if I kept doing that and which was a hard decision for me to make because I really love that job. It's been hard for me to kind of give up that that side of my life. People often have this misconception that the athletes they see on TV are just rolling in dough. That's certainly not always the case, and usually not the case. I think most people, you, you think of athletes and you're thinking of like 
NFL NBA players, or if you're thinking of Olympic athletes, you're thinking of like Michael Phelps and these people that are really, really famous when really, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of athletes that are training full time and are going to the Olympics and Paralympics that you just don't know about. You can't compete at the high level if you're not fully dedicated to it. And so that's really just not sustainable with a full-time job. A lot of people are grinding to make it work. Kendall's hope is that the Paralympics will continue to gain the attention and awareness they deserve. I'm really excited for the LA Games in 2028 because that will just bring so much more awareness in the U.S. It's already getting better. Like the the changes that I've seen from Rio when I was myself a spectator to Tokyo is is so drastic. Hopefully LA propels that forward even more and makes it just like a, a commonplace thing as yeah, everyone gets excited about the Olympics and now they can get excited about the Paralympics too. In closing, Kendall has a few words she wants to share with young aspiring athletes. I would say to try out a bunch of different things and find out what you love. And don't let anyone's assumptions of what you're able to do stop you from doing something. What one action do you want listeners to take after listening to your episode? I would say watch the Paralympics and then tell a friend to watch it too. And eat some ice cream while you watch. (laughs) And not only do we wish the best for Kendall, the CEO of her favorite ice cream company, Tillamook, has something he wants to say to her as well. Hi, Kendall. This is Patrick Kreitzer, president and CEO of the Tillamook County Creamery Association. We hear you're a big fan of Tillamook ice cream, and we wanted to take a moment to wish you well as you head to Beijing to compete in the Paralympics. Your talent is inspiring to so many, and your involvement in the Paralympic movement opens minds about what a gold medalist and a world champion can be. You've put in an extraordinary effort, and we hope you enjoy every moment of your journey. Good luck in Beijing. We'll be cheering for you. Thanks for tuning in to Flame Bears, the women athletes blazing the trail to Beijing. For more behind-the-scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter by searching for Flame Bears. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a positive review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you to the Harvard Kennedy School's Women in Public Policy Program and the Harvard Innovation Lab for your ongoing support. Thank you to my amazing gal group within Stanford's Galvanizer Incubator Program. Last but certainly not least, thank you to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support. We'll catch you on our next episode with Romanian speed skater Mihaela Hogas.